Hello and welcome to Does It Adapt, a podcast discussing the never-ending world of story adaptations. You have the ever-popular book to movie adaptations. However, when a story spans several books, then sometimes it's better suited for a TV series. In the recent years, even video game adaptations have made their way to the silver screen. And it doesn't stop there. Comic books, cartoons, and even Broadway musicals and plays. But not all adaptations are created equal. They can be hit or miss, a yes or no, certified fresh, or bona fide track. Join us as we ask ourselves, does it adapt? I am your co-host, Don, and with me this week... Hiya, Georgie. I'm Pennywise the Dancing Clown. I told you not to scare me. It's just me, Josh. <laughs> okay, all right. If you haven't guessed, we are going to talk about Stephen King's It. And this is going to be one of our classic episodes where we talk about it. Uh, an older book, something you know that's been adapted from something pretty old. We'll get into the modern adaptations more current stuff but we thought we would just cover this one because it was announced a couple months ago that there is going to be a television series coming to max hbo's max or what we're known as max now called welcome to dairy and it is based on the books of it just a brief synopsis dairy is a evil place because of it and we'll get into what it is or might be or but uh, it's been there in dairy for quite a long time and uh, what the tv series is going to give us is a backstory really of the town and hopefully it itself pennywise and they are going to explore that further in the series but sadly i don't think bill skarsgård which, in my opinion, was the better it. Yeah, fight me in the comments. I'd be interested to hear what you think. And also, it's going to be in collaboration with Andy Machete, which directed the the second, the remake of it. And he's also going to direct a couple of the episodes. But that often happens with TV series in this, where the original director gets involved, but is not like totally involved. He hands off the directing reins to two other people but yeah that's why we're covering the adaptations plural of the book it yeah so i have read the book a couple times mm -hmm. i read it way back in my high school years way way back and uh it is a long it's a thick thick with two c's book uh, i was gonna say he told me it's like oh it's over what 1000 pages you said yes I Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the time nor the attention span. I, most of the books I read were like maybe 300 or 400 pages and I can get through them. But a thousand pages is, is a no-go for me. Yeah. Now, I have listened to it on audiobook, but still it's like, what was that, 29 hours long? Or maybe it was even longer. I, I can't remember. But even listening to it on audiobook is a undertaking. And there's a reason for that. Stephen King has this thing, putting in a lot of detail into his books. So, a lot of time. And sometimes it's it's good detail. You get a lot of backstory. But sometimes it's just meaningless 
filler. It just, you know, just extra fluff that you really don't need. And that's why they have to kind of weed through all that filler for these adaptations. Now, one thing I know you're interested in and a lot of people are interested in because of Marvel is the multiverse. And oh, yeah. King, even before Marvel movies started doing this current phase of the multiverse, King has always been into the multiverse, most notably in the Dark Tower. And talk about another thing that does not adapt. Oh, yeah. Is that shit show. Yeah. Of a movie. Nothing against Idris Elba. He is a good actor, but that adaptation of the Dark Tower was it was ungodly stupid. Mm -hmm. the, the, you had just base, basically the characters and the rest of it was maybe a little bit of a story. Now, that's, that story spans several books. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to adapt into one movie. I agree. But, man, they could have done a better job. And there's, there's talk of a television series of The Dark Tower as well. And if that ever comes to light, we will probably cover that as well. Oh, definitely. Also, Stephen King is, he's kind of delves, dabbles, I don't know if that's the proper word, in Lovecraft horror. A lot of things are influenced by Lovecraft horror, and even some of the stories that are, writ are written that people think are Lovecraft are not Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft. The true form of it, the deadlights, caused you to go mad, and we'll get more into that. You know, like some of the Lovecraft type monsters. Now, his book, Revival, had some heavy, heavy Lovecraft themes. So that was, was pretty much heavily inspired by Lovecraft. But I know that's one of those things that you you love as well, like oh, the yeah. multiverse. Yeah. I, well, like, so you were talking about like multiverse definitely being something that always fascinates me because comic books, they do and have leaned on that idea for many years. And it's, it's been used in other forms of um, media. I mean, things like even like Doctor Who technically have stuff like that. But the thing about Lovecraft, I, yeah, I'm very much in, into that kind of, not only because of like the like, elder gods as they're called themselves but there's just a lot of like untapped potential but that stuff like if if anyone's ever watched the movie hellboy like that is the closest thing other than some of the direct adaptions of lovecraft's work that we have seen where it gives that idea of like those type of gods and you're very much right like the the idea with with it is that it could be something considered to be an eldritch creature because of the deadlights, because of making you go mad, because of like essentially feasting on one's fear, because a lot of the creatures that's what that's what the intent was. You know, Lovecraft's whole spiel, whole shtick is that it's fear of the unknown. That's the reason why people love it so much is because you know they talk about what knowledge we think we have, but in reality, you know, the, the, these creatures are meant to be creatures we don't fully understand and that brings a lot of interest in and lovecraft has had many great adaptions but it is cool to see you know how many different authors have taken what he did back in the early or late 1800s to early 1900s and then added in like you know all the authors from time to time have done their own stuff and now we have stephen king kind of doing something similar with some of his books like it's it's definitely cool to see because 
I feel like if people actually gave that genre a chance, they'd realize how cool it is. But also, if if directors gave it a chance, if movie studios gave it a chance, then I would be one happy man. Mm-hmm. There's movies that have been done that just miss the mark as far as H.P. Lovecraft themes or whatever, or even the stories. But that might be another episode oh, yeah. uh, where we can discuss different movies that revolve around H.P. Lovecraft's work. There's uh, one with Nicolas Cage that was apparently good. Which one was that? Color Out of Space. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had, in my research for this episode, I had, that had popped up. Back to the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot to digest, but you get the different characters. And before we get into it, just spoiler warning right now. We're going to spoil the whole thing for you. There, There's a lot that happens in the book. Uh, you get backstories. You get a lot of history surrounding the town. And hopefully, hopefully with the Welcome to Dairy television series, they get into that more. One of the characters that stayed there, Mike, he was like a historian. He stayed in the library. And he really researched the town and it and Pennywise. And come to find out this thing it came from outer space that's what they're they're guessing it the entity it came from outer space took the form of a a clown but can take many many different forms there was a lot of stuff from the book that we'll get into or maybe a little bit delve into that was cut some of it again as i said it was filler not really necessary it's just you can't put it all into a movie or a tv show yeah, for um, specific reasons. Yeah, and we won't get into too much detail how it ended. We don't want this. We don't want this podcast to end after these two episodes. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get banned or whatever. Yeah. But there's something that happened with them as kids that was in neither the TV show or the movie. Which you know, if anyone if, tried, it would it would just not go over well. Yeah, and also, if you want to know what we're referring to, you can go on YouTube and people will discuss it on there. Or they're okay with talking about it, but since we're just talking about the adaptions, we're not going to do that. This book is one of Stephen King's best, in my opinion. It's when I first started reading Stephen King, it was one of the first that I, I picked up and got really invested in. Invested in the characters, loved the characters, and uh, it's inspired a lot. Some people say that it inspired the show Stranger Things, which I kind of see that, but I think Stranger Things is its own thing. I think crux of people thinking that it is based off of it is just the fact that there are entities that seem to be otherworldly, which correlates with Pennywise, but then it also is just a group of kids set in like the 70s. But, like, in reality, Stranger Things truly is just its own thing. It takes influence, definitely, but it's not necessarily a, like, I wouldn't call it a direct, like, this is the same exact thing. It's not. It has its own formula that it's going with. Right. And I think the correlation is probably just the kids battling monsters. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I I completely agree. And one, also, Stranger Things, no shade to Mr. King, but it primarily had these kids fighting it and the adults were completely oblivious to what was going on whereas stranger things does give the adults an actual job to do right what the movies or the movie and the tv series 
kind of touched on, but really didn't go into explanation, which the book did, was that uh, Pennywise would kind of cast a spell on the town to where as long as, you know, it got a steady supply of child meat every 27 years, then the town would be okay. So let's talk about the first adaptation, the TV miniseries. It had some notable people. Oh, yeah. Some notable people that also have gone on to do some really cool things. I mean, one of the most notable is the person who played Pennywise to begin with, Mm -hmm. Mr. Tim Curry, the man, the myth, the legend. Right. I don't remember all the names. The only one I really remember is John Ritter, which rest in peace, John. Yeah, rest in uh, peace, John. Yeah, John was definitely one of like the better parts of it. He, I feel like I know he's a comedic actor, but he definitely I felt like he did a really good job. Right. Um, Also, if you are what like thinking, hey, the kid who plays Richie Tozer looks really freaking familiar. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I'm like, yep. wait a minute. Is that, oh, is that yeah. me? It's Seth Green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, that was early, early on in his career. Oh, yeah. And then my other favorite, because I think, I don't know what TV show it was that he was in. I might have to, I'm going to actually try and see if I can look him up by his name here and see if it's the one. But Richard Thomas, if I remember correctly, he was really really well known in the 1990s uh, even before that he was yeah. well known for a show called the waltons waltons there were, i remember he hosted this one particular show i don't remember what it is it was like it was it wasn't like a or maybe it was touched by an angel no that he was only on that no. okay i'll find it i'll find it yeah but uh, yeah the the cast if i'm being totally honest i think the only thing that really carried that tv series is tim curry yeah 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 (laughs) i think if tim curry wouldn't have played pennywise then yeah it wouldn't have got as much uh, have been as popular because the actors whereas they were some notable actors i think uh, tim curry kind of carried it yeah he definitely i think was the the main aspect of the show that people tend to like go back and say like he was fantastic I also think it was, in my personal opinion, so like you kind of said earlier, and I'm going to say it right now, if you guys want to come at us for saying that we think that Bill Skarsgård was a better Pennywise, you feel, free, you feel free to do that. I'm going to tell you how you're wrong every single time. But here's what I will say to give Tim Curry a few bonus points. I do feel that his overall look within like the, the actual outfit that he was wearing and the makeup and the hair to a degree were a better design for Pennywise as a clown. I don't think the choice of having him consistently having a low growl to his voice was the way to go, but it definitely, in my opinion, was one of the few reasons why, like, the overall costume was one of the reasons why people remember him so much, because people, when they think of it, I mean, now they'll think of Bill Skarsgård's look because of, like, certain memes, but I do feel like Pennywise from from Tim Curry's era had the look, and that was the one of the main reasons I think people love him so much. It's like last week we talked about it. It was like crappy game, beautiful story. This is okay performance, amazing costume. <laughs> like 
Well, so so are, are you saying that it was just the costume that was better or Tim Curry's performance? No, he, he like he gave the performance he needed, but I really wish they would have leaned more into the fact that he's supposed to be a clown. Like he they did. There were moments they did. No, no, like okay, the, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you finish, yeah. but I'm going to like strongly disagree with you. Uh, okay. Just prepare yourself. What else? You want me to go ahead with my thoughts? You go ahead with your thoughts and I'll, I'll still tell you how you're wrong. Oh, okay. In my opinion, Bill Skarsgård is the better Pennywise for a couple reasons. I like the costume. Maybe. Okay. Let's boil. In my opinion, Tim Curry was still just a clown. Bill mm-hmm. Skarsgård was fucking scary. Okay. He was an it. He was the, he was the clown. He embodied the clown, but he was fucking scary. Yeah. What they did with Bill Skarsgård, his acting, his facial expressions, the things that he could do with his face just sold it as clowns are scary. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and for me, Tim Curry just didn't do it for me. He didn't give me that. Oh, I'm a scary clown vibe. He was just a clown. Now, the, the acting was good. The acting was good, but he didn't scare me. I'm sorry. He just didn't scare me. Yeah, that's my thing. I agree. I agree the acting was good. I agree that, like, and when I say okay performance, I don't necessarily mean his acting was bad. His acting was fantastic. But my problem is, is that he doesn't give me neither scary clown nor actual clown. What he gives me is creeper in a clown costume. Yeah. That's what the growl like because for me like as i uh what was going on at the beginning of the of this episode the hiya georgie sounds more like someone who's actually trying to go ahead and actually sound like a clown because clowns they're not going to go up to a clown and be like a clown isn't going to go up to and be like what's up kids we're gonna <laughs> have some fun today like no the, you're not going to hire that person you're going to tell them to walk away get in their van and and drive off and if they had a van, that'd be a concern already <laughs> exactly. to start off. But my problem with him is that because of that voice, it just didn't give me that. Whereas, yes, Bill Skarsgård does because he actually attempts to do something where it's not just, it's a mix of what an actual clown might try to sound like, where they kind of higher pitch their voice a little bit to sound like they are friendly towards a child, but also including in some creepiness to his actual voice because it like it's not it's not even necessarily like a high-pitched like tone that he's going for to sound friendly it's also there's a little bit of like he has he fluctuates it he kind of goes in between like having the higher register stuff and then goes down lower sometimes as well and that to me is is why overall he is the better pennywise but i still think that I can commend Tim Curry's it on purely his like costume looking fantastic. It's just, again, I agree with you that Tim Curry did not fit what Pennywise needed to be, but I, I don't think he was a clown. I think he was a creeper in a clown costume. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Bill's Pennywise is the complete package. Right. Overall, I thought the original series was good. But there were definitely some things lacking. I think Tim Curry well did a lot with what he was given. There is a reason. There yeah. is a reason. We're talking about a television series here. Yep. Uh, there's only so much you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this is primetime television. You know, during that time, it was family time television. 
maybe i think it aired later at night so you know it was maybe after the kids got put to bed so mm-hmm. it was more geared toward adults but they still had the sensor there's a lot of things changed a lot of things changed and, and it's too many to name i did a lot of research and watched a lot of videos from different people who covered this but there's only so much you can put into a television series that comes from a book that is over a thousand pages long. Mm-hmm. So the changes, I think most notably for me, the the very end of the killing of Pennywise, whereas a lot of people talk about what the true form looked like was maybe closer to the book, but it still it still looked pretty dang bad as a what do you call it a special effect you could Mm -hmm. tell you could tell that it was but it was maybe closer to what king had talked about in the book but i don't know but when we start talking on this next little tidbit about the 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 remake uh, that was that was even worse Um, but we'll get into that Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the way it ended it was closer, but still, um, the, people say the book is always better. Yes, definitely. The book, the way it ended was, was better, even though it, it was kind of drawn out because this is Stephen King. It was better. So the, the, let's get into the modern, the modern version, the remake. Yeah. The Andy Muschietti remake yeah. of Stephen King's it. Now, when I first saw this come out, I was so excited and then when they started releasing the the casting for it not so much the the first one i not so much knew the the cast some of the cast finn wolfhart i think that is his name yeah is stranger things now he was who did he play i think it's stranger things he plays richie yeah richie okay he was the seth green the the modern adaptation yeah i'll also say the benefit uh, to kind of go back on your point of saying like, oh, you know, there was only so much that they could do back then because it was a TV series and they couldn't necessarily like go full fledged, like include stuff that would be OK now. Yeah, because um, it's an R rating with this with this mm-hmm. uh, adaption. I feel like they definitely gave Finn a lot more adult humor type oriented jokes to do, right. whereas they did not do, give seth green that same uh, that same regard they gave finn a lot a quick then, note on that though i don't know you didn't read the book but there are a lot of things in the book that richie said which these days people would be offended by because it's not politically correct and you know we won't get into all the that politics of that but stephen king some of the things that he has his characters say you're like oh my god you did you just you just said that. And Richie Tozier was one of those characters where you're like, oh, geez, there's a reason why they call him the mouth because he's pretty foul mouth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they, get, they definitely gave him that. But I, I actually like kind of relooking myself, like I have the cast list up and relooking over some of them. A lot of these guys have actually gone on to do quite a few different things. So Sophie Lillis um, mm-hmm. plays Beverly. She went on to do quite a few different things, some stuff with Netflix. Most recently, she was in that D&D movie that just came out. She played, that's, I think, their druid. 
Yeah, the tip tip tiefling. The the uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. now and now, now that makes sense because I had just watched that and uh, she looked yeah, recognizable, but I couldn't remember from where. So thank, thank you. you. <laughs> You're welcome. And then so there's Jade Martell who played Bill. He's also gone on to do some stuff, some stuff with Apple TV. There's Jack Dylan Grazer who plays Eddie, who another kind of character that gets the chance to say a bunch of stuff. He's gone on to be in the Shazam movies. He plays, I think, uh-huh. Billy Batson's adopted brother um, that has like crutches and whatnot. Jeremy Ray Taylor, who played Ben in this. He thinned up a lot since this role uh-huh. has gone on to do stuff with like Netflix. And I think he was like in a, the sequel to Goosebumps. Let's talk about the the adult cast. They're are some big big names in here oh yeah james mcavoy oh heck yeah bill Hader. oh heck yeah yes i loved him as richie who yeah. else did we have in there james razone who plays the adult eddie isaiah isaiah mustafa which not just great last name my dude also because you know hackla mustafa heck yeah <laughs> i don't see it it's like a it's like our version of hakuna matata hakula mustafa <laughs> Okay, moving on. Okay, but he, if people would recognize him specifically if you've ever watched uh, the older Old Spice commercials where the guy's like, "Look at me now, look at look at your ground, look look at the TV now, look at me again." That's the guy. That's like it's him, just without the beard. Jessica That's Chastain. Yeah, oh yeah, she's a big one. Know. I think the other two, Andy Bean, who plays this version of Stanley, who's also oh. only in the movie for like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Stanley does not. He doesn't want to face it as an adult. We've already covered this. Bill Skarsgård, the better yep. it. If you if you disagree, tell me in the comments. <laughs> but there were a lot of changes, and because this was again, this was a rated R version, came to the theaters. There were a lot of changes made. They took some creative liberties, which, uh, as far as Pennywise, I liked. I I liked the things that they added. Now, the first movie. Yes. In my opinion, mm-hmm. and a lot of other people's opinions, is the better movie. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both scary in their own right. Mm. They, I think they did a lot more CGI in the, the second one with Pennywise. But the end. Let's get to the, talking about the ending. So different. And I think that's really what pissed a lot of people off is the way they ended it now they did include something that was in the book but again kind of changed it is the ritual of chud and it's this ritual that's in early dairy early times that the indians did to to keep pennywise or it at bay they performed this ritual and the way they adapted it for this second movie was it, it just didn't work in my opinion it, it it didn't work and i know i'm beating a dead horse here but i'm hoping that the tv series welcome to dairy will correct that yeah they, you know why will. you know why it didn't work it's because it's the one thing out of everything out of both adaptions of this that tried to include anything that's remotely lovecraftian because like they used to like Lovecraft's all about doing rituals to stop, you know, the the older gods from destroying the world type stuff. And once they include it, it's the one thing that people just don't make interesting or don't do correctly. Like it just and the whole I know people's like 
they're like, eh, you killed Pennywise by telling him he's crappy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, yeah, I understand that being a little bit. Well, of a, okay, an issue. They the way they adapted that from the book, the way they adapted it is they go into this trance type thing, this alternate reality. It's hard to describe the way King described it is they bit down on each other's tongues, you know, Pennywise. And I think it was uh, the main character who did this, Bill did this. And it was a battle of wills. It's, it's kind of, you know, but it was like in the mind and the way they tried to adapt that into the, the modern version, it just, it just kind of fell apart. It didn't really work in my opinion. Yeah, but that's Um, okay. We don't, we don't judge them just for the ending. We judge them for every ending. But yeah, you're right. The they talking about the ritual in the second movie, they kind of briefly dip their toe in Pennywise's origins, explaining it. And Mike, the historian, with all his research, was kind of filling in, filling the group in on the Pennywise's origins and and whatnot. And was good, but it still missed the mark. It, it's just so hard when you have a book this scope to put it all in. And that's why with these days, with streaming services and, you know, HBO, Netflix, all these other services, I think a, an adaptation done in a in a television series, you can get that detail in. You can get, you can expand on the story a lot better when you can spread it out over you know six or eight one hour episodes so you yeah, know i i agree there's only one thing i want to say out of all these adaptions that is at least the best thing in my opinion and i want to make it clear to everyone that i am a huge fan of bill Hader, and he is the best part of any of this any of the adaptions because he is the perfect representation of what Richie would have been as an adult. I agree. And he brought his A-game to the role. He brought in the comedy. He brought in the drama. He brought in the emotion. He showed what he can do. Like, he, he he's done in Barry. And he showed what he can do in this. And mm-hmm. people should really start casting him in more roles that, like, give him the ability to really explore stuff. Because I know he's a funny man. I know people love him for that. But he... Has he can do a lot more, in my opinion. He has done a lot more, in my opinion. But he really needs to be given the time to shine. And I think, yeah, if people give him that chance, ooh, ooh, yeah, it'd be so good. Well, I think there's so much, so much more we could discuss on this. And uh, you know, maybe when the television series comes out, we can discuss this more. Come back around to it. So yeah, Stephen King's it, an almost impossible story to adapt. Was there a better one? I personally, I like the movie adaptations better, but still, they kind of miss the mark. Yeah, and it 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 just goes to show that what people always say is the book is always better. It's true, most of the time. <laughs> actually, actually, all the time, really. People, we're overwhelmed with content. Let us know in the comments. Let us know. Send us an email at our email, which I kind of screwed up last episode. It is does it adapt podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at does it adapt. But we got so much coming up, so much coming up, and I don't know how we're going to cover it all. 
but I think the next thing we need to do is the Witcher because that's the end of this month in in June and then part two in July. The Witcher. I am reading the first book, which not many people have read, but so far there's there's scenes that are ripped directly from the book that are in both the game and the TV series. So Witcher's next, but man, we have so much coming up. What other things do we have on the agenda looking at? I mean, looking at our show, I like just idea. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like we, we've talked recently about doing the Super Mario Brothers movie and kind of discussing the adaption from the game to that. Of course, there are some really notable literary ones that we would love to touch. Going off of Stephen King, I mean, heck, The Shining is definitely one in the future we would love to do. Dr. Sleep, yes. Dr. Sleep. At some point, yes, Harry Potter. Also, also at some point, because I'm, ooh, well, it's going to be, it's going to be like multiple podcast episodes. I can see it now. I'm going to do Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, like whichever. Oh, so good. And then, but then, you know, we have a lot of, one that I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we're thinking about doing later this year, which is Dune, because part mm-hmm. two of Dune is going to be coming out. Right. And then, you know, like a, a bunch of video game related ones. I mean, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, yeah. The the new game looks, wow, intense. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, so much. But again, in the comments, send us an email. Let us know what you think we should cover, and we'll do it. We will do it. So that about wraps it up for this episode of Does It Adapt? Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen King, It, and the Great Remake. Yeah, kind of. The only thing we learned today is Kula Mustafa. Oh, shoot. Heck yeah. So we'll catch you next time on Does It Adapt? And uh, we hope you keep on listening. Like and subscribe. Do all the thingies. Give us a comment. Give us a rating. We appreciate it. We'll catch you later. Bye.